It's the show where the topics are topical, but not typical. This is Atypically Topical with Mindy and Josh. Yes, welcome back to Atypically Topical. I am Josh. And I'm Mindy. And we're back for another episode. We're on 45 now. Thanks. Yeah, we're getting we're getting there. To the 50s. Yeah, and um, this is going to be our Chicago episode. Yay! Because we just got back from there. We took a trip and uh, did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about some of the things we did. <clears throat> sure. Sorry, I was choked on my drink earlier. That's all right. Um, so, we went to see um, the Second City comedy show. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of finger penises joke. Oh, yeah. In that. Um, and you have to be there. Yeah. And, um, Improv. Yeah. And uh, my hair, I did not like the weather over there because it was very windy. Oh, yeah. That's why it's called the Windy City. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually felt pretty good because it was really hot. Yeah. And then the, and the wind made it feel nice outside. And then the next day, what do we do? We went to... I forget what we did. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be in chronological order. Okay. We we went to Millennium Park, uh, the Big Bean. That's a an attraction for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. It looks cool. Yeah. It's pretty big. I wonder if they polish it like probably. at night. Yeah. There's probably so many fingerprints on that thing. Yeah, it's super shiny. Yeah. Um, and then we also did a pizza tour. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That one was <laughs> awesome. Our tour guide was really cool. Mm-hmm. And the people we were with too. Yeah. Um. And then, okay, why can't I remember what we did the second day? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, um, it was a comedy show first, and then the Cubs game was... Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. That's when you were dying. Yeah, when I was dying. <laughs> that was like when my, whatever I had, my congestion was at its worst. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still kind of there, but at least I can actually talk now. And, yeah. uh, and Josh made the Cubs lose, so... Yeah, and I, I made them lose. I guess I should tell the story <laughs> since... <laughs> I had to tell it a few times, but they were playing the the Braves, and um, you know they had their whole introduction. They had the national anthem. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was pumped up, and you know they were getting hype and everything, and announcing all the all the players. And then so everybody was like going crazy, everybody standing up, and then the Braves were first up to bat. And then I looked over at Mindy, and I was like, I was just joking, like because it would totally ruin the moment. I was like, "Wow, she's going to get a home run. The very first pitch of the game to the Braves was a home run on the left side. And you know what? To give you credit, though, that was the first time that pitcher, like, threw a ball in, in, like, in, like, that Well, that was series. his first start, they said. Yeah. That was the second game he played. I think he closed the game before or something, mm-hmm. not, or, you know, a time before. But that was his first start, so... I even saw the dude in front of me, like, um, posting a status, like, on Facebook about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm excited. This guy is starting. And then he threw a home run on literally his first pitch. Yeah. He so. stayed in and did well after that because they didn't score again until, like, later in the game. But, yeah, I just looked over and I was like, no way. <laughs> and they ended up losing 3-2. to two, So, sorry, guys. Yeah. So, you're not allowed to see any Cubs games ever again. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the one is enough if I'm not, like, a hardcore fan. That's true. It's more for the experience. <clears throat> and we ended up leaving early, but it's just so we could beat the subway Enjoy. traffic out of there. Yeah, that was sucked. it was already crazy going in. That was one um, big part of being in Chicago is you can get almost anywhere on the on their um, train color-coded train stations. 
their train lines. So that part is pretty cool. Unless it's like a really busy time, then sometimes it can be kind of like chaotic. Yeah. But for the most part, like it was really clean. Like I, I've never been in the subway in New York, but I've heard like the subways are not great. Oh yeah. I'm sure they're not as bad as, uh, as New York at all. Yeah. It didn't seem, the only thing was some people, some dudes like trying to beg for stuff and walking through the carts from cart to cart, even though yeah. you're not supposed to do that. It clearly like, says on the doors. Yeah. It's like a huge red handle. And it's like only used in emergencies. And then this guy comes through <laughs> and like, Oh, wow, the wow, the five, five bucks. <laughs> like, this what, is just not... send me Sam? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, but other than that, everything was pretty cool. We also went to, I mean, we have Dave and Buster's here, but we did one there that was pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was one more thing we did, too, um, mm-hmm. Chicago-related. I mean, we just, we kind of walked around and went to a nearby bar and stuff. Yeah. Um, a ramen. Yeah. Tried to just, like, completely just ate whatever we wanted. That was pretty <clears throat> cool. Ate some deep dish pizza, of course. Oh, Didn't try a Chicago be... dog, but maybe one day. You know. eh, I don't really like hot yeah, dogs anyways. Not, you're not too big on hot dogs, but... Mm-mm. Anyways, that's kind of what inspired this episode. We're going to start getting... Because we learned some things on our tour. Oh, we also went to the Field Museum. That was oh, yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah, saw, uh, saw Sue. some fossils, and I really like... They have a um, an exhibit where you kind of go through time you start from like the very first cell and how the earth was formed and then you go through all the mass extinctions there's like six mass yeah. extinctions it's crazy i didn't know that we've had that many mass extinction events it's like there was one i think maybe it was the third one where like 90 percent of all yeah. living things was massacred like, wow, just stop trying at some at a certain point <laughs> for real but apparently we're in the sixth one right now so that's awesome yeah and it's caused by us yeah yes yeah, look, look forward to that in our climate change episode. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, learn some history about Chicago. Well, speaking of massacres, oh. mine's about the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Oh, shit, that was in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Well, I remember on the tour with the pizza tour, mm-hmm. uh, our tour guy was basically like telling us facts about Chicago as we drove through to like the different pizza joints. And one of them was, um, we passed where the St. Valentine's Day Massacre happened. Oh, okay. And so... So did you have an idea in mind already, or you just... No. Um, I was going to do the first um, skyscraper. Oh, okay. um, Which is in Chicago, because, like, apparently there's a big fire that destroyed a bunch of buildings, because they're all made of wood. And they were like, huh, how let's... Let's not make buildings out of wood. Oh, yeah. Let's make it out of steel. Big, like a great Chicago fire mm-hmm. or something. It was a name for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, this is, seems more, more interesting. more excitement in this one. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to start with a little history about Chicago and the mob. So, from 1924 to 1930, the city of Chicago gained a widespread reputation for its lawlessness and its violence. So, the phenomenon collided with the reign of chief crime lord, Al Scarface Capone, mm-hmm. who took over his boss, Johnny uh, Churillo, in 1925. And, and I think what happened with him, he, like, got hurt during the assassination attempt and was like, um, I'm going to yeah, go to Brooklyn and retire. Step out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, during this time, there's prohibition, so no one could drink. Um and and so that really greatly increased um, gangsters and bootlegging and all that stuff because of um, 
because people wanted to get alcohol and so they would pay to go to these speakeasies and stuff like that and gamble and do prostitution and all that fun stuff that people liked in the 20s but weren't allowed to do. And so from these activities that Capone did, it was estimated that he made about $60 million a year and his net, net worth in 1927 was around $100 million. In today's money, oh that's one billion four hundred forty-three million one hundred forty-two thousand seven hundred twenty dollars <laughs> and thirty-one cents. Yeah, all the way down to the cent. Yeah, just in nineteen twenty-seven. That's crazy. So over the years, Capone um, controlled over most of Chicago's crime, and he was really known for gunning down his rivals. So in nineteen twenty-four, authorities counted some sixteen gang-related murders, and this continued until nineteen twenty-nine, reaching a high of sixty-four murders in one year during that time. So a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of expect it. Like if you're going to be in that kind of crime world, right? You're going to get killed. Yeah. So the day of the massacre. So it's a, it's a disappointment if you're not killed after a certain point. <laughs> I guess so. That's how much you have to expect it. At least get shot somewhere. Yeah. You know. Gotta have battle scars. <laughs> this gang war reached a bloody climax in the so-called St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1929. Um, one of Capone's longtime enemies, an Irish gangster by the name of George Bugs uh, Moran. It's that's well, a, how do you spell it? M O R A N. It's probably Moran. Moran. Yeah. Or Moran. <laughs> Moran. Yeah. I mean, he might have been. We'll see. I don't know. Jury's out. You just pick whatever. It doesn't matter. He's dead anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, it depends on what he did. Um, he, he didn't do great stuff. He was okay. a mobster. So we'll just, go with more on them. Um, so he ran his boot, bootlegging operations out of a garage on the north side of Chicago. So um, on February 14th, seven members of uh, Moran's operation were gunned down while standing lined up facing a wall of the garage. Some seven, 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. Jeez. And when police officers from Chicago's 36th District arrived, they found one gang, gang member. His name was Frank Gusenberg. He, he was alive, but he died a few minutes after he was found. Um, so, and during that time, like, he was alive. They were trying to get him to, like, yeah, see what happened, what happened, but he, he didn't say anything. So... The police could only find a few eyewitnesses, but eventually concluded that the gunmen dressed as were dressed as police officers and had entered the garage and pretended to be arresting the men. Uh, though Moran and others immediately blamed the massacre on Capone's gang, he claimed that he was in his home in Florida at the time. And since they didn't have any other evidence, no one was ever brought to trial for the murders. Yes. And it was, it, it was actually interesting, too, because uh, Moran was on his way to the garage at the time, but he just missed if like missed it by a few minutes. So, like, if he'd gone there earlier, he would have been caught in his crosswire, but yeah. just missed it. Um, he, let her, he later told reporters, quote, only Capone kills like this. Yeah. What, lines him up on a wall and shoots him? I guess so. <laughs> um, I feel like others have done that. And then when... Capone was asked about his comment on the murders. He said, quote, the only man who kills like that is Bugs Moron. So he just so. he just kind of did, I know you are, but what am I to him? In yeah, a way? <laughs> I guess so. And it's like, it's not me, it's you. It's, yeah. But it doesn't really make any sense, because like, why would Moron shoot his, his own, own people? Guys, unless they betray him in some way, but it has to be evidence of that. 
Yeah. So, anyways, um, so that's the that's that story, and you know, Al Capone like was arrested, went to jail, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and so that wall that where the massacre happened happened is currently in the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. And I sent you a link to it. So you can see Al Capone. There's like a bullet wound in the bullet, a bullet wound, a bullet hole in the wall. The wall has a wound. <clears throat> um, you can see like the people dead at the wall. Oh, shit. Um, and there's this dog there. It says, the only witness to the St. Valentine's Day massacre was a dog named Highball, who was never the same after the massacre oh. and had to be put down by the police. What? Why? <laughs> Because he had turned rabbit or something? I don't know. That's just the only thing that it says. But it's sad because he was, he's cute. And yeah. That's the real tragedy of this story. He's uh, like a canine or something. Yeah, he's like a German shepherd. German shepherd, yeah. So. That sucks. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, that's the biggest tragedy <laughs> out of this whole thing. Yeah, the dog. Poor dog. He had to put the dog down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's kind of... I was thinking about this earlier because um, it's like the massacre, like... In this massacre, seven people died. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy to think, like, now, like, that's not really yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, that's not a lot. Which is sad. Which is, yeah, unfortunate. We passed through that area where it happened. Oh, yeah. We just, like, uh, when we were in the van, <laughs> the pizza tour van. Yeah, he talked about it, um, but he told yeah. us that it was just that briefly, walk. yeah. <clears throat> I remember now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that massacre that sucks, and mostly because the dog died, too. Yeah, that's the that's the most unfortunate part of this whole thing. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right. Well, now I know. I, I I mean, obviously, I've heard the term and I've heard the story yeah. before, but I don't remember. I'm not great at remembering things. So yeah, I mean, I've heard about it too, but I really didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I was good to finally know what mm-hmm. it was about and how terrible it was and all that. So yeah, there you go, Chicago. <laughs> nice You're job. Welcome. Nice massacre, I mm-hmm. guess. That's a cool name, I guess. Yeah. But what is it, why is it called St. Valentine's Day? I should look that up. Because um, it happened on Valentine's Day. Well, I think the actual, it's just called St. Valentine's Day, just in general. Oh, okay. But everybody just shortens it. To Valentine's Day. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's named after St. Valentine, so hmm. I don't, I just, people don't always call it that, I guess. Yeah. Oh. All right, very cool. Well, obviously, we're doing Chicago. So I don't really have anything that can tie in from Florida. As usual, I just have a stupid man. So let's get into questioning Florida. I feel like it's probably a man like, what, 90% of the time? Maybe more than I do these stories. Um, I thought you were going to say you changed it to questioning Chicago. Oh, I I thought about that, but there's just too much to work with in Florida. I'm sure there's some of those stories. There was one um, that actually we'll talk about later. I kind of did a questioning Chicago for my main story. Oh, okay. So you'll see. All right. This is from June uh, 14th of this year. Okay. I'm just going to read the story. Raymond Millwater is just 30 years old, but he's been jailed nearly two dozen times. Okay. Yeah. So That's not a good rap sheet to have. Not a good uh, batting average. Like, 24 times, 24 times, and let's say his first arrest was at, what, like, 16 or something. Mm-hmm. That's, you're, you're going there, like, twice a year or something. Like, <laughs> that's... Probably he's even, like, younger. Yeah. He probably, he started young. Mm-hmm. Um, 
His latest trip to jail came after someone reported seeing a possibly intoxicated man pushing a motorcycle down a road in Clearwater. Mm. Police responded and said they found Millwater standing unsteady near the bike. So you can mm. probably guess he tried he, to do it. that he was uh, on something. He told them he borrowed it from a man named Chad, <laughs> but he couldn't get it to turn on. Not deterred, he asked the officers if he could borrow a screwdriver to get the motor running. Why? Do, <laughs> does he think that um, police just have like a toolkit with them at all yeah. times? I mean, maybe like in the back of their car they have something, but why would they do that? Yeah. For you? That's not suspicious at all that you know, <laughs> I need a screwdriver for my own motorcycle that I'm walking next to. <laughs> they declined, obviously. However, they did contact the owner of the bike, and not surprisingly, he was not named Chad. Investigators told the Tampa Bay Times the owner denied even knowing Millwater. Millwater faced a grand theft motor vehicle charge and is being held in the Pinellas County Jail. Hmm. So... Not a lot of great choices from this guy. Yeah, so he somehow got a hold of this man's bike, couldn't get it started, his motorcycle, started taking it down the street, and asked the cop to help him. It's like he's basically asking the cop to help help him steal his motorcycle. (laughs) And the headline was just, Florida man asked cops for help starting motorcycle that he had stolen. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, nice nice short one, but just as stupid as... Oh, for sure. Most of the other ones we have. Um, all right, we'll get back into our, our main topic here, and uh, we'll get into Spot the Fake. Okay, so I found a, a blog that had 13 Chicago inventions and firsts. Oh, okay. So, like, things that started in Chicago or came came out of Chicago. Was Christ in, Skyscraper one of them? It was one of them, but I, already, I knew we had heard about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't put that on the choices. Okay, good. Yeah, because I want to try to fake you out, obviously. So, there's four choices here. I only made up one of these. The other three all started or, you know, were invented in Chicago or by somebody from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Got all it. Right, you ready? Uh, number one, Monopoly. Number two, Spray Paint. Number three, the first cartoon character. Number four, Brownies. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive that three of these are from there because they're all pretty cool things. Mm-hmm. Number one, Monopoly. Number two, Spray Paint. Number three, the first cartoon character. And number four, Brownies. Mm, I think the Monopoly one is true. Okay. Why? Because uh, I just remember like when I was looking up that um, the first skyscraper thing, mm-hmm. something about video, like board games came up as well. Oh, okay. So you cheated. Okay. <laughs> I didn't cheat. I was kidding. Yeah. You just happened to... Yeah. All right. um, so it's down to spray paint, cartoon character, and brownies. Because what is the first cartoon character? It could have happened in Chicago, I guess. Mm, so I'm going to say that's true. So it's true? or it's... Yeah, it's true. Okay, so then spray paint and brownies. I made up one of these, according to you. Mm, I'm going to say brownies is the one that's fake. Brownies is fake? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to go in any order because you always try to decipher it. So let me just go from the top. Ed Seymour, who owned a paint store in Sycamore, Illinois, wanted an easier way to demonstrate the aluminum coating he sold for painting radiators. Mm. His wife suggested a spray gun like those used for deodorizers. He took her advice, and in 1949, the world got spray paint. Nice. Yeah. 
Good job, Chicago. And by 2010, the U.S. spray paint manufacturers were producing 412 million cans. Dang. So that's pretty... Uh, Lots. Yeah, that's pretty a lot. <laughs> All right, the next one. Walt Disney may have been born in Chicago, but contrary to popular belief, he did not invent the first animated cartoon character mm-hmm. with Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse in 1928. In fact, that honor belongs to lesser-known cartoonists Wallace Carlson and Windsor McKay. They sound like Varl. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I wanted you to look up. Um, they created Gertie the Dinosaur. Gertie? So it's uh, G-E-R-T-I-E. In 1914, you can see like just rough images of him. Um, oh, it looks like he's crying. <laughs> there's different pictures. There's one where he looks like he's rolling his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the following year, Carlson debuted a new character called Dreamy Dud, who appears in perhaps the country's first after-school special. Mm, he's cute. <laughs> I the- imagine he's green, right? Just from looking at him. Yeah. Mm, I like Gertie. He's a cutie. <laughs> yeah, so he could be the very first cartoon character, and it was from Wallace and Windsor out of Chicago. Nice. And yeah, I knew, I, I knew it wasn't Mickey Mouse, so... Yeah. Uh, which was also, I mean, uh, if it was, it was still would be Chicago because that's where um, Walt Disney was born. So, oh, I see a little like billboard that says "Sensational," the first great animated cartoon on the screen by the Windsor. McKay yeah, there you go. Fame, fame I guess they he just never took off as <laughs> like uh, Mickey Mouse did. Yeah. Oh, here's another thing: Gertie the dinosaur. See a Stone Age monster brought to life from the Lost World. See, oh, it's a see it move. Oh, see it live. Sorry, the, it was really hard to read. Yeah, see it now. Or is it see it live? Not see it live. I don't know. Yeah, it says see it live. Either one. Um. Anyways. Anyways. Um. I mean, they do so many like reboots nowadays they should bring back Gertie the Dinosaur yeah for sure at least for like a Disney XD <laughs> oh my god this series. one this one has like uh, curlers and like aunt, old aunt sunglasses oh yeah he's dressed mm-hmm. okay he need to close that window so we can move on okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> alright it's time to find out if it's brownies or monopoly that actually came from Chicago this beloved chocolate treat was created in Chicago's Palmer House Damn kitchen it. in 1893. <laughs> it was hard to keep a straight face when you immediately said <laughs> that you thought Monopoly was from there. And I have more about Monopoly that you're going to hate yourself for. Bertha Palmer, wife of millionaire hotelier Potter Palmer, wanted a new dessert to serve at the World's Fair that was smaller than a cake but still had cake-like qualities. <laughs> it's good foresight there. Yeah. These first brownies were baked with semi-sweet chocolate and apricot glaze and crushed walnuts, and they are still being made at the hotel according to the original recipe. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Since 1893. Dang. That's impressive. Um, All right. So obviously the one I made up, Charles Brace Darrow was an American best known as the inventor of the Monopoly board game. He became the first millionaire game designer in history, and he was born in Philly. Ah. And he was born on August 10th, 1889. Which is basically like 100 years exactly before I was born. 
Um, it's because, you know what? I thought because there's so many different baked goods <clears throat> that have, like, origins, like, in Europe or whatever else, and then we yeah. kind of Americanized it. So, mm-hmm. I thought maybe that would be the thing with the brownie. Yeah, other ones I saw, I saw Twinkies were also from mm. Chicago. And there was there's some other food ones that, but I didn't want to have two foods on there because that might be, like, a hint. Yeah. We should have gotten over the food that was invented in Chicago. <laughs> maybe I did. <laughs> I think Joaquin agrees with you. <laughs> All right, and we'll leave on this note. This is my. Hold on. <coughs> Gotta get my voice back. Okay. This is, I guess, my version of questioning Chicago. Mm. This is a story, um, a few years old, January of 2014, from the Chicago Tribune. Okay. An Oak Brook Terrace woman has been charged with animal cruelty and reckless conduct after leaving a baby alligator to fend for itself at the O'Hare International Airport in November. What with these people and alligators? <laughs> Jesus. You know what What I thought of, too, when I saw this? I was like, this would be a good Florida or Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, because you would think it would be Florida with mm-hmm. all the damn alligators there. Where'd you get an alligator? <laughs> okay, so. Alligators still live in Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> Whatever. Alexis T. Pokupchuk. She seems like she's Russian or something. Mm. It looks Russian. There's a lot of K's in there. Was charged with animal cruelty and reckless conduct, both misdemeanors, after she was arrested around noon um, in North Ashland Avenue in Chicago, according to police. Um, Allie, as the gator was dubbed, not very creative. Just, yeah. It's like... The Pokemon school of naming <laughs> stuff. Allie, hoot hoot. <laughs> Gatoron. <laughs> yeah. Was spotted underneath an escalator in the lower level of Terminal 3 on November 1st. <gasps> we were in Terminal 3. We were just 3. at ter- Terminal 3, yeah. Um, it could have been us. <laughs> what would you have done if we saw a baby alligator? Call for gown, cost care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically what, what what happened. Well, this was 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is like when we met. Yeah. It was the year we did, yeah. It was in poor condition, suffering from soft bones, which is a thing, um, from an improper diet, among other things, authorities said. The police managed to whisk it into a box, and Allie was transferred to the care of the Chicago Herpetological Society. Herpetological. Yeah, I I think herpetology is like uh, just... I I just like the word. um, Reptiles and stuff, yeah. It's almost like herpes society, <laughs> <laughs> the study of herpes. Um, she had been spotted on surveillance cameras on the CTA Blue Line, which is something we rode on mm. a couple of times. It's one of the subway lines. Holding the gator and then entering the lowered level of Terminal 3 where she let it loose, according to police report. She told officers she and her ex-boyfriend took the gator from a friend who was going to flush it down the toilet. The report said. They're trying to save it? I guess, yeah. So this is where it goes downhill, believe it or not. (laughs) This is the part? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, I mean, great. They are trying to save it, whatever. First of all, where did the friend get a baby gator from still that was going to flush it down? But still a mystery. But on November 1st, um, she, quote, was so high on crack cocaine and heroin and, and had taken some pills. Mm. That she lost the gator after coming to the airport. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What? Go ahead. No, just the combination of drugs is not good. Yeah. Yeah. Crack cocaine, heroin, and pills. 
And you're going to take a flight. I guess it, take, it depends what kind of pills. <laughs> it's anti-heroin. Anti-heroin pills. Crack cocaine combatants. Um, so she lost at the airport. A traveler going down the escalator spotted a very lethargic alligator and grabbed an O'Hare custodian who called police at about 10 in the morning. Authorities said it would need time to recover. So so it's in better hands, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really have an update about it. I'm just going to assume it was fine. I don't yeah, no, I'm sure they took it to, like, yeah, some that, sanctuary or whatever. I mean, that society place, I'm sure they, they took care of it. That's what they do, so. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we'll take a page out of the Dumb People Town book. <laughs> oh, God. I want you to guess how old you think Alexis Pukupchuk, um was at the time. I'm going to guess 43. Alexis Pukupchuk. Was 29 years old 29, when she did this. Dang. Yeah, kind of. Her life kind of spiraled out of hand a little early. Yeah, a little I guess earlier so. than you would hope. I guess so. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I just felt like we would know a little bit of like we were just at O'Hare, and if I put myself in like that situation, be like, what is happening mm-hmm. here? What? state of my in right now that's a cool story though to tell whoever found it like, <laughs> i guess yeah i was just at the you'll airport never, and found an alligator yeah you'll never guess what happened <laughs> yeah so there's my um there's my chicago story nice yeah. good job prince approves prince approves now yeah i guess to cap it off we had a great time in chicago i'd like to go back sometime it was a. Uh, it's it's like uh there were a lot of friendly people there yeah it's a like a chill were. Chill New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a yeah more calm exactly, and just people being friendly and the hotel staff and just people when you're walking around. Yeah, we had like a you. we had a whole long conversation with the guy from Best Buy. Yeah, and then he's kind of like, "Well, you guys should probably go." And it's like, "Oh yeah, you're probably right." Yeah, he was like, "I'm keeping you here too long." Yeah, he was really cool. There's a lot of nice people there, so it's always a good sign when you can just talk to people and not get scared of <laughs> scared of them of uh, talking to strangers because they're kind of welcoming it's always a good, I feel like San Antonio has that too so I, that's why I like it here but and they also have a river walk yeah apparently Chicago has their own river walk and they have a very similar weather and a lot of things in common with us besides they have a snow and <laughs> snow and an underground train system <laughs> whole elaborate system that's pretty cool but mm. yeah would recommend if you haven't been there before, and if you're from there, then uh, good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> good job being from Chicago. <laughs> and on that note, we'll go ahead and uh, raise our glasses here and go grab a refill. <laughs> that was a weak one. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. There it is. <laughs> All right, bye. Wow, 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 five bucks. <laughs> like, this what, is just not... send me Sam? Yeah. <laughs>